Welcome to the Amazing Clocks Podcast on the Black Love Podcast Network. My name is Anthony Clark. And I'm Melanie Clark. And we are the, the Amazing, Amazing Clocks. Clark. We're both award-winning certified life and love coaches and a husband and wife duo that have been coaching together for 22 years and we've been passionately in love for 30. They call us the Amazing Clocks because we empower people to live amazing lives. And you are listening to our podcast where we are creating a love revolution. And that means we're learning to love ourselves more and put more love into the universe. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, guys. So today's show is going to be a little different because usually we start off with catching up with the clocks. (laughs) But really all of this, this entire show is going to be about catching up with the clocks. Yes. Yes, yes. So we... um, went away for a whole month you guys we were in ghana africa y'all still got our podcast because we we recorded ahead of time so that you guys had something to listen to while we were off playing and exploring and having a journey and falling more in love and it was amazing so i can't wait to share everything about it so much to share so what do you want to start with what do you want to talk about i want to start with how this all began okay okay so what happened was a couple of years, what was that, like three, three years, years ago? ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, my spirit one day out of nowhere just said, move to Ghana. And I'm like, what? My spirit's like, <laughs> move to Ghana. And so at first I kind of ignored it, like whatever. And when my spirit talks to me, it comes back and finally I paid attention. And so I said, let me do some research on Ghana. So I started researching and trying to find the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that I could. And everything for the most part that I was finding was good. And I felt more and more drawn to Ghana. And so I didn't want to bring it to you right away to tell you about it because I didn't want to get shot down. And I wasn't sure what was going on. So after about seven months of research, I finally one day I came to Melanie and I said, Hey, babe, what do you think about moving to Ghana to semi-retire? And I had no idea what you, how you were going to respond. Right. And you stopped and you looked for a second and you thought about it and you said, let's do it, which blew my mind. I was like, wow, mind blown. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And so then we started doing research together and it was like, let's do it. So we started setting up our business and everything so we could be online to do it online so that we can move to Ghana. And we were all ready to go and our daughter came back home because she was away at college. She went away to college. And right? that threw our trip off. And then COVID hit. Right. And so it was like, okay, Ghana's not not right now. But you know the thing that was so that I loved so much about how it all played out, first of all, when you came to me and asked me if I wanted to do it, I was so open because we just became empty nesters. And you guys know if you've been listening to us, we believe we're the creator of our reality. So I started thinking about what is my next reality going to be like? Am I just going to keep working and then come home and hang out with Anthony? I love you, Anthony. But like for the rest of my life, like, is that all we're going to do? Are we going to retire? Are we going to have fun? What are we going to do? I agree. So when you said it, it just resonated with my spirit. Like this is an opportunity to live in another country to have an adventure so I was completely open to it and then I started getting really excited about it Mm -hmm. and when we started moving our clients to online we just started telling people like we want to do zoom video we are not seeing people in person and so when the pandemic hit all of our clients were already used to zoom video we had so many clients already working online so we didn't even skip a beast with um covid and so when i planned the trip when things calmed down i was so excited because we had been geared up to go 
for three years. And during that three years, you guys, we, we came up with a plan, a new reality. We decided we want to live in Ghana. We decided we want to build a retreat in Ghana and bring people to healing energy mm-hmm. and learning conscious creation. So this trip was really a scouting for our land to build our retreat and to also immerse ourselves in the culture, make sure we want to live there and plan for our future. Right. And one of the great things about Ghana is that they have the rights to return. So basically, if you're from the African diaspora, what they're doing is saying, come back home and not only will we give you dual citizenship, but we also have land set aside for Americans, for African-Americans that want to come back home. That was like even more reason to go, we need to look into this. Yes. So... Fast forward, we finally got to go. And first of all, let me say, I really wasn't sure what to expect. I had a basic idea, but it was like, you know, can't, can never be too certain. Mm-hmm. The flight was very long. Yes, it was. That was like, what, a tw- tw- 20 hours of flying? Right. Yeah. That yeah. was long. That was long. That, and it's okay. We cuddled through it, though, babe. We yes, did good. Yes, we, we did. We did great. It up, didn't yes, we? yes, we did. And then when we landed and we got to, we first hit the ground and we were in Accra. And I'm going to be honest, at first it was a culture shock because it's just such a different paradigm. First of all, I've never been to a place where there's all black people. Mm-hmm. And that right there just blew my mind. I mean, the pilots were black, the stewardesses were black, the people were black, everything was black, y'all. And it black was y'all. like, whoa. <laughs> and then the energy was very different because the people were just hustling. Like you hit that street and everybody's like all over the place selling things. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And by the time we both got to the hotel, we both were like, I could tell, we both were like in a culture <laughs> shock. And it was like, because we were quiet. <laughs> and so we both made the agreement. You know what? Let's stay open-minded. Don't compare it to America. Let's let's appreciate it for its own experience. Let's take our American filter right. off. We were filtering everything through the lens of America. And you can't do that because it's not America. It's completely different than America. So once we shifted, then it was different. Right. And so it took me about eight hours mm-hmm. to acclimate. And once I did, oh my God, it was like, this place is beautiful. This place is amazing. The people were so nice and and so friendly. We're literally walking down the street and people were just like yelling across the street, brother, sister, welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you for coming. And we're just like, whoa. Wow. We're also really tall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Ghanaian people are not that tall. Yeah. So and I guess they were saying they would look at Anthony, you guys, and they would say, your your ancestry is from North Ghana because the North Ghanaians are tall people. And where we were at, they were not that tall. So we were like giants walking around in Ghana. So, yeah, they were like, hey, tall people, sister, brother, welcome. We were very noticeable. Yes, but the people were so friendly, beautiful people. My God, the most gorgeous skin, flawless, beautiful black skin. It's like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. This is, and immediately I felt like at home, immediately. And I had never been in a situation where I felt that at home that quickly. Did you feel the same way? I definitely did. And I think the way that we planned the trip, like Mm -hmm. I've been saying this, I'll just toot my own horn. 
I'm very proud of myself how I you put the it. trip together because it. I've never planned an international trip. Hold on, you get a burn, burn, burn for that. Burn, burn, burn. <laughs> Thank Melanie, you, that's for you. Great Thank job. you. So what I did was I planned for us Wednesday through Sunday. We stayed in an apartment hotel right in the middle of Osua, Accra, and um. When we stayed there, it was like living there. We were living in an apartment right in the middle of the city. We could walk to the grocery store. We're interacting with the people. And a lot of times when Americans go to Africa, they stay in five-star hotels and they don't get to interact with the people. So we were living with the people in an apartment. And then on the weekends, um, we had hired a private tour guide, Stephen from Jaffo Tours. Jaffo, Jaffo, incredible. So he would come pick us up on Sunday and take us to another area. So the first week, he took us to this amazing waterfall. What do you call it? Like a reserve with all these animals. We got to see real ostriches and zebras and um, what else? Baboons. Mm-hmm. And little spider monkeys, Anthony and I fed spider monkeys and they jumped on our shoulder (laughs) and they ate bananas from our hands. It was actually kind of scary. I will not lie. I was terrified. But then after a while, you get used to it and it was fun. You guys, what was amazing when we were, we went to especially to go feed the spider monkeys. They were in a village. So we were walking through these people's village where they live and people are outside. So their kitchens are outside. They do all of their cooking outside. So all of the women, they have their babies strapped to their back and they're Mm -hmm. cooking and we're walking through to go see these monkeys and they're saying, would you like to come in and have dinner? Come have dinner with us. They were all inviting us for dinner. And I'm like, so kind, so kind. And, and honestly, they didn't have a lot, Mm -hmm. but they were still offering it to us. And it was just so noticeable how beautiful their energy was and that they were so accommodating. So we would leave for the weekend, go visit, you know, out in rural areas, and then we'd stay at a different hotel, and then we'd come back the following week. So we right. did that for four weeks in a row. So we got to see four different areas and stay at multiple hotels. It was amazing. Right. And our tour guide was brilliant. I love the way he did it because what his, his thing was, he really wants people to get the authentic experience of yes. Africa. And so what he did was he was like, okay, being in Accra in the city, that's a good experience. But if you really want to get to understand Africa, you have to go into the rural areas. You have to go amongst the people in the villages. When he took us from Accra, the hotel, and he took us into the uh, villages, and then we came back to Accra, to the hotel. And I explained to him that before we left the hotel, I was an African-American. And once I had that experience with the people and experience authentic Africa, I said, when we came back, I was an African. So I left as an African-American and I came back as an African because I really connected with my roots. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was weird was in the beginning, I felt like I'm a guest in somebody's house. Right. But after those experiences, I realized, no, this is my house. I'm not a damn guest. This is my home. And that's why they were treating us like, dude, what are you talking about? This is your home. And I compare it to like when in America, it's like black people were enslaved and taken to America and kidnapped and brought here. And it's that's like being put thing. in a cell. And then physical slavery ended and they opened up the cell. But yet most black people are afraid to leave the cell and go back home to Africa. They feel safer, more secure inside the cell than they feel taking that trip back home to Africa. And so... I recommend to all of you that are of African descent, take that trip. Once you experience it, you're going to realize that 
you needed it. You just didn't realize that you needed it. Right. And the sense of community was also the thing that blew my mind. In America, it's like you have your home and your people and your loved ones. And let's say you're going to visit some other friends or loved ones and your people. When you leave that home, you go into the street and there's separation and there's strangers. And then you get to your next location with your family. But in in Ghana, it was the opposite. You're in the house, you're with your people and your family. But once you leave and hit the streets, you continue to be with your family. They treat you like family. That community is still there. And even when you get to your next destination, to your family, it's like you never left family. So there's not that separation that we have in America. And I'm not going to front. At first, that was an adjustment for me as well. Because when the people, the Ghanaians, they're hustlers and they're entrepreneurs. And they don't really understand the, the, the whole space thing that we have in America. And so when they would rush up on me to like sell stuff and they come up in my space, the Brooklyn in me would come out. And I'm like, yo, 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 yo. What's so I'm starting puffing up my chest, getting ready to think like, and they're looking at me like, what's wrong with him? Why are you trying to fight and, somebody? Yeah, and I noticed like, why are they looking at me like that? Right. And I realized that it was me. Yeah. It was me. Mm-hmm. I was being an aggressor. Right. They were just being friendly. And I had to catch myself and go, okay, let me be vulnerable. Let me drop this. Mm -hmm. Let me be open. Let me receive them. And when I did that, man, we had a ball. Man, they're the nicest, friendliest people. When you you drop that aggression energy, then it changes your filter. We could see that they're just taking care of their families. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know. Their system there, they don't have social security. They don't have welfare. They don't have anything. So everybody has a business. Everyone the, is an entrepreneur. And they don't for go the into most debt part. either because they pay for and everything. And they don't do a lot of debt. So everyone owns land. They own their homes. Like this was amazing to me. We saw a lot of unfinished buildings and homes. And that's because they work. They make money. They build. When they run out of money, they go work some more. And then they come back and build some more. And so by the time they finish building, it's all paid for. They have so much less stress than we do because they're not constantly paying debt and chasing mm-hmm. and you know trying to get ahead. They start off ahead because they own their land. Yes. And there's a lot of farming, so you know there's so there's so much abundance. You know, we've been taught that Africa is poor <laughs> and it's lacking. That's where all the resources all come from, y'all. All the resources y'all. are there. Everything comes from Africa and it's all there. And the African people know how to sell. And then this was amazing to me like how Anthony was saying when we first got there, we saw it through American eyes. In America, we're used to glitz and glam and malls and sidewalks and big windows and they they're nature. So there's no sidewalks, everything's dirt. And we associate dirt with poor dirt is nature they Mm -hmm. are selling in nature there's some malls but most of the selling is along the streets you can drive Mm -hmm. down the street you see people selling couches food headboards furniture Uh i saw headstones for sale on the street yeah like they're selling everything 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 you anything you need tires and they're all next to each other so it's all intermingled and the same thing with their farming. All of the crops and all the farms are all intermingled, but mm-hmm. they know their borders and they all just work together. Yes. And that part was just amazing to me. So during the week, we stayed in the city. We walked to the grocery store. We interacted with the staff at the 
Roots apartment hotel, which we fell in love with them. They fell in love with us. We cried when we left, you guys. We had the waiters and the waitresses at the rooftop hotel crying. We were all up on the rooftop crying. And they were like, coming back. You're coming back, right? We're like, we are. We're coming back. We promise. Right. We made some good friends. We made yeah. a really good friend, Michael. He, we got we got to sit, talk about yeah, Michael. Shout out to Michael. Shout out to Michael. You guys know how we always talk about energy and attracting? So Anthony and I are sitting having dinner. Just the two of us on the rooftop, having some Prosecco, Beautiful enjoying view, our life, amazing food. in love, enjoying amazing food. And this man walks by us and he looks at us and he's like, y'all are American. Can I sit with y'all? I'm American too. I've been living in, I've been living in Ghana since like 95, 1995. And he just gave us the lay of the land. He became a good friend. He showed us his, he's got a condo, very contemporary living. So he showed us that possibility. He introduced us to people. He hung out with us a lot. We coached him a lot. Michael, you know, we coached you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so we just had fun and we were just able to share energy, but we attracted him because we went there wanting something and he wanted something. We wanted to learn about how it would be to live in Ghana and he lives in Ghana. So we got to experience that through him and what it was like. And so we stayed connected with him. I will definitely be seeing him again when we go back. We we made a lot of great connections. The universe is bringing us everything we needed. You know, I'm going to switch that up. It wasn't just the, it was our ancestors. Yeah. And that was another thing that I, that I real that I felt because the reality is this, it's been about say 400 years Mm -hmm. since the slave trade began. So basically my ancestors, our ancestors were taken back then. About 400 years ago, they were forced, kidnapped off the continent. Their DNA was removed. We are the first ones since that 400-year period to step foot back into Africa. So our ancestors' DNA has returned. And I could literally feel them. And I could feel their joy. And it was so overwhelming. And it's almost like Africa well, I know it. it's not like it is. It's the Garden of Eden. And everything is just so much more fertile there. Your vibrational connection. So if you want to manifest, go oh, to yeah. the motherland. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll your, your ability to manifest will dramatically increase. Right. I could the entire time, the ancestors, ancestors were basically saying, we're so happy to have you back. We need you back. And we're going to do everything to help you to return and to make sure your stay here is everything that you need. And we also want you to go back and let our other, your other, our other brothers and sisters know that they need to come back home because their ancestors want them home as well. And with dual citizenship, you can do both. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I love a lot of things about America, mm-hmm. but there's no place like home. Well, you know what I'll add to that? This, this like gave me a sense of peace I didn't have before I went. It's nice to know that we have an alternative. Yeah. We have an option. Yes, we do. There's a whole nother continent that we come from, and it's another option. And a beautiful continent. And it's a beautiful option, and the energy is beautiful, and the people are beautiful. And so it's just knowing that that's there created a lot of peace in me. Like, I had a lot of really, it was a very spiritual experience for me. Yes. Oh, and I even got an African name. <laughs> oh, yes, he did, honey. Kofi, baby. Kofi. Kofi. Kofi, because the way they do it there, they do it by the day that you were born. So if you were born on Friday, then it's- You're Kofi. You're Kofi. And so- uh, 
the, the, the locals gave me that. And then every time they'd see me in the street, they'd be like, coffee, coffee. And I was okay. like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But then um, I went and did some research and I found that I wasn't born on Friday. I was actually born on <laughs> Thursday. So I am not coffee. But I didn't tell him that. Uh, <laughs> they were already used, they were already like, used to call already him call Kofi. me coffee. So I got to right. tell you guys, so funny. So our, our tour guide, love him, a wonderful man older kind of conservative so where we were staying he didn't recommend it and one of our clients recommended it and it was a great recommendation but it's right in the middle of the city so a lot of young people party so nightclub dancing music all night long hustlers hustlers so he said be careful where you're staying there are a lot of slick boys and i was like what He's like, slick boys. I was like, what's a slick boy? And he's like, you know, the partiers, the hustlers. And Anthony's like, I like that. I was like, where could, where would one find, find these, these slick, slick boys? boys. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did we find them. And boy, did Anthony find them. <laughs> they were fun. Lots of fun. It was like people, my boys from around the way. Yeah. And literally like, within a couple here. of minutes, it was like they all knew me. And they were like, hey, they were my boys. Yeah. So the yeah. slick boys named him Kofi. And we're telling them like where we should go have fun and party. And then they were hanging out and literally the people start partying. I thought we partied in America. They start the club at 3 Mm a.m. And they go till 7. And they go hard. And they go hard. And it was beautiful. Every night. And I love, I'm a music guy. I love music. And it was beautiful because when we look, get out, go on our balcony and it overlooks the the city. The slick boys. It's the beautiful view. (laughs) And- all you can hear across the entire city is just music pumping, just like Afro beats. And it's, oh my God, with that warm weather and that beautiful nights and that beautiful sky and that music pumping is like, yo, yeah. I, I'm feeling this. So that's what would happen in Accra, right? So the slick boys, the party, oh, and the, and the they, people. And the, the, the bargaining on the streets. Oh, the selling. The yes. selling because they're really aggressive with the selling and they'll, they're going to work you. And so once I caught the game, it was like, okay, oh, so we're getting down like that. I was their worst nightmare. <laughs> you can't outslick a can of oil. I'm sorry, slick, slick boy boys. Can't outslick out a slick boy. <laughs> yeah, I was getting them down in prices, and they were getting pissed off. Like, ah, damn, he got me again. Ah, got me again. <laughs> so little Brooklyn and me was very useful. Uh, so that was great. Don't don't let him kid you. Anthony is a big softy. Anthony had children following him around. He had a little girl named Fatima that followed him every time he went to the store because he was giving her a couple of CDs. A couple of CDs. So the, a CD is their a, money. A CD is a their dollar, and the American dollar goes six times further than a CD. So basically, if you have one dollar American dollar, you have six six dollars Ghanaian money. If you have sixty, I mean a hundred dollars American. Then you have six hundred Ghanaian. If you have ten thousand, then you have sixty thousand Ghanaian. Right. So can you say balling out on a budget? <laughs> burr, 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 so burr. He's literally handing money out on the streets to children. You guys, like he was living the dream. <laughs> little kids were fall, and after a while, I was like, I don't know, if we should be giving these kids money. But the little kids know they can tell that you're American, and they'll ask you. What we went. Uh, where do we go? Oh, when we went to the Slave River, which I'll have to tell you guys oh, about yeah, that. that was a... And we came out and there were just these school children. So all the little girls have shaved heads so that when they're in school, the school girls have short hair, just like the boys. So they which all I come up. Which I think is adorable. It was adorable. 
and so beautiful, just big eyes and this beautiful skin. So we come out of this really emotional experience at the Slave River. And like I have all this emotion and I see all these beautiful children. I'm like, oh, these beautiful children. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to take like a lot of pictures of children. I didn't want to exploit them. Like I didn't want to feel like, oh, I'm taking all these pictures of me with African children. Like, I, I don't know. My heart just felt like, don't I don't want that. So I was just looking at them and enjoying them and being in the moment and being emotional. And this little girl looks at me and she goes, give me money. <laughs> and I was like, what did you say? She's little like, tiny little, little tiny thing. She's like, I want money. <laughs> I said, give me money. I want money too. <laughs> and then she just started laughing. Uh, and then all the other kids the were, were kind of laughing. They were so fun. So cute. She said, give me money. Yeah. So I've been saying that to Anthony, you guys, babe, give me money. I want money. Give me money. Give me money. Kofi said no. No, Kofi said no. no. So um, sh- we met her, this little girl, when we were leaving the Slave River. Now, that was an amazing experience. So I want to tell you guys about the Slave River experience, but it's that's a whole podcast in itself because it was such a huge um, experience. And the dungeon. And the dungeon's like, there's so much more to yeah. tell you, but we're running out of time. Oh. So we've got to wrap it up. There was there was so much, and you guys are going to be hearing more and more about Ghana because it's going to keep coming to us every week, some things that we want to share with you. So on that note... On that note... Yes. I guess this is the end of the episode, and we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And remember to spread love and love yourself and love each other. And also, if you or anyone you know wants to become a life coach, go to our website. What's the website, babe? The Law of Attraction Life Coach Academy.com. Yes. And make sure to get a copy of our book if you haven't gotten it yet. The book is called Crack the Code, The Secrets to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. Available on Amazon.com. Yes. Great show. And you guys, more Ghana to come. There you go. We gave it to you. Now what you going to do with it?